If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. This is Valerie Renee Whitaker, and I'm a total creepster, and you're listening to a Paranormal Chicks. paranormal chicks and you just heard valerie yep she's a total creepster yes she is a total creepster as donna just said duh on (laughs) patreon and one of the benefits of her being a total creepster on patreon is that she gets to introduce the sinister sightings episode i know and it's like our favorite episode like the sinister sightings yeah yeah i know i love doing these i love getting these stories Mm mm-hmm And if you want to be cool like Valerie, you can be a Patreon as well, or do our Patreon, be a patron, whatever, right? Yeah. (laughs) I think that's the lingo. I don't know. I'm new to Patreon, too. Well, we call our Patreon peeps Creepinati. Yes. Like Illuminati, but better. Of course, a whole nother level. It's like Illuminati meets Scientology. (laughs) meets our creepster coven yeah totally and we are all apart we see all (laughs) okay we don't we definitely don't know all definitely not okay i'm ready to get into these stories because i'm gonna be honest i read mine already (laughs) (laughs) and so good oh my god oh gosh like like we gotta get to it because it's that good all right ready So it starts off, hey, y'all, it's Jenny from the Facebook group, and she's going to tell us a little paranormal story. Awesome. She says, okay, Jenny. I talked about this a little in the first live chat y'all had, but here are some of my experiences at the Collingwood Arts Center. Ooh. I've always been big into acting and singing, and when I was in second grade, my mother enrolled my middle brother and I in an acting school called Children's Theater Workshop at Collingswood Arts Center. We would have classes for a few weeks, then there would be auditions, and we would perform a play at the end of the season. As soon as I started there, I heard the ghost stories and that there were a ton of them from evil things in the basement to red eyes that would watch you in one part of the building to the crying woman in the Gerber house. People would claim to see shadow people all the time, and there were even stories about little imp-looking things that would hang out in the actual theater. What? Mm -hmm. Okay, continue. This building was a happening place for the supernatural. There were also artists who lived in the building who could be just as scary as the ghosts. (laughs) As we got more involved with CTW, my mother became the costumer for the productions. The costume storage for CTW was actually the whole wing of the fourth floor. It was multiple rooms that stretched down so you could see in a straight line from one end to the other, but they had doorways like they had been closed from one another at one point. There were set pieces 
in there and props and just about every costume that you could think of. It was literally a magical playland for me. Aww. I bet. Could you imagine? Oh, my gosh. There were only two ways into the costume room, one door on each end, and they were locked due to the residents who lived there and problems with theft. So my middle brother and I would go to the rehearsals, and my mother and my youngest brother, who was too young to be on stage, would go to the fourth floor and work on costumes and props. I should probably pause here and say that being sensitive runs in my family. However, the one who is most in tune would be my youngest brother, Rudy. The things that would come out of his mouth when he was younger and had no filter were astounding. (laughs) Okay, here we go. (laughs) Okay, so back to the theater. After rehearsals, the director, Dottie, would take me and my brother up to the fourth floor. And this particular evening when we had arrived, my mother was panicked. Rudy was missing. What? She said she went and looked for a costume on one of the second-tier racks, and when she came back, he was gone. She had been looking for him for about 20 minutes. There was no way he could have gotten out because both doors were locked, and you still needed a key to unlock them, which she had. Wow. So she's thinking that he's hiding or one of the P-sets had fallen on him, and she's quite a mess. We started to look for him. I think that maybe 10 minutes had gone by, and all of a sudden, there's Rudy standing at the end of the long hallway. Oh, shit. My mother runs over at him, asking him where he's been, and he says, I was with the nuns. Ooh, uh, skirt. What nuns? She starts yelling at him for lying. However, Dottie, remember she was the director. Yeah. Claimed, not claimed, she calmed my mother down and started asking about the nuns. Neither of my parents grew up in Toledo and had no idea that before it was the art center, it was a college for nuns and those thinking about taking vows. What? What the Toledo's going on here? But wait, there's more. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Rudy starts taking us on a tour and showing us where the nuns used to sleep and pray and shower. And little asides like Sister So-and-So's bed was here and they kept candles here. The entire time, Dottie was listening to him with a strange look on her face. Turns out she used to attend college back in the day and everything he's describing was accurate down to the last candle. What? Mind blown. I didn't see that, but whoa. I know. I know. But wait, (laughs) there's more? More. So fast forward a couple of years, still doing theater at at Collingwood. However, I'm now in high school, and I'm in a different group. My middle brother has started sports, but Rudy still does theater with me. As he got older, he fine-tuned his gifts, and to be honest, as a teenager, he was a little pissant. (laughs) (laughs) It's pissant. (laughs) Aren't all teenagers. Right. Okay. So I just had a not-so-fun encounter with the not-so-nice thing that lives in the basement at the Collingwood, and Rudy and I are discussing it as we leave for the night. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you? I, want, I need to know more about that encounter. Yeah. We start walking out to my car, and all the hairs on my arm and the back of my neck are standing straight up, and it feels like someone-slash-thing is walking behind us, and the air is heavy. Oh, my God. I glance over at Rudy, and he has a little smirk on his face. (gasps) That motherfucker knows something. Uh Uh-huh. In my experience at the Collingwood, I had adapted a, if I ignore it, it'll go away policy. 
because that place was filled to the rafters with strange happenings, and I would constantly get the hairs on my arms raised or tingles or feel that someone was watching me. So we're trudging out to the car in the snow, uphill six miles both ways. No. (laughs) She didn't say that. And all the way to the car, I'm still on high alert because whatever is following us is nothing that I want to take home. Right. Not on their shoulder, like you say. Right. We get in the car, and I start driving away, and I still feel like it's with us. I look in the rearview mirror, and I shit you not, there is something black in the seat behind my little brother. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm Mm-mm. I start internally freaking out and sneak a glance over at Rudy, and he has a huge shit-eating grin on his face. I keep looking in my mirror, and this black thing is still there, and it's dark out. The cars behind me have their lights on, and this mass is blocking the light where it's sitting. Oh my gosh. How do you drive with that? I don't I'd, know. I'd be flipping out. I know. So I get about a mile away from my house and it's in the back seat just hitching a ride having a jolly old time. <laughs> so I pull over and tell Randy to tell his friend to leave. And he's giggling like a schoolgirl at this point. This little shit, Randy. Uh-huh. Rudy. What did I just Rudy. call him? You did said I Randy? Sorry. Sorry, Jenny. I meant Rudy. I don't know how to read. <laughs> this is why I read it ahead of time. <laughs> and I still fuck it up. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Okay, so Rudy is giggling like a schoolgirl. Back to the show. Okay. He looks over at me and says, he was just waiting on you to acknowledge him, Jen. He tries to get your attention all the time and you ignore him. I look in the mirror and whatever the fuck it was is gone. All the hairs, heaviness, and tingles are gone. Whoa. So a few nights later, I had rehearsal and Rudy didn't. So I'm walking out to the car and the same thing. All the hairs are at attention and I feel like someone's behind me. I was with a group of people, so I waited until I got in my car. I sit in it and start saying things like, cool, you're here. You can leave now. And I get it. I acknowledge you. Go bother someone else. (laughs) The air got a little lighter, and the other day when he left, it got lighter, so I thought I was in the clear. I start pulling out of the parking lot, look in my rear view, and guess who's back? Oh, fuck. So I go back to my tried-and-true method of ignoring him. I remember I was panicking again, but turned on Wicked super loud and started singing to the top of my lungs. (laughs) Good soundtrack. For real. I got past where I pulled over the last time, and dude's still there. So I start really panicking. I turned down my jams and I decided that yelling at it was the best option. Oh, gosh. I probably looked like a mad woman driving down the road screaming at my back seat. (laughs) I get to my my street and I decide that now I'm a badass and I start yelling that if it wanted to follow me home, that was cool. Because when I got there, I was going to smudge his ass out of existence. (laughs) And if that didn't work, I'd banish him. I like to think he was scared by my badassery, but honestly, he was probably just fucking with me. He left before I pulled into the driveway. I sure as shit ran up to my room and grabbed some selenite. Is that how you say it? Selenite. Same thing. And I had sage and smudged the crap out of my car, which (laughs) my very religious neighbors saw and accused me of Satan worship. Oh, Oh, Lord. Lord. I also threw salt all inside my car, which was fun to explain the next time I was driving my friends around. (laughs) But I never had a tag along in the back seat. Thank you, too, for all you do. Stay awesome, Jenny. Oh, that was a good that one. Was a, such a good one, wasn't it? Oh, my it? God. I want to know about the red eyes. I want to know about I need everything all, about Jenny. the basement. 
work your little magic because you are also a very good writer. Yes. I need you to send us about eight more emails. Oh, my God. Right. I need you to quit your job and just send us emails. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. That was so – could you imagine just driving down the road and something's in your fucking – like – No. That's what I'm so scared of. Well, and something's, like, big enough back there, too, that it's, like, blocking the light. So it's not like it's just, like, a ghostly, shadowy thing. It's, like, something black that's so – like it's, it's opaque. It, but it's blocking the headlights of yeah. the cars around you. What the fuck? No. I'm so scared. Like, if I think I see something out of the side of my eye or was that something on the side of the road or mm-hmm. whatever, I'm like, don't look in the back seat. Because I'm always, you know, when they say, oh, if you look at it, it'll kill you or it'll follow you home or whatever about the hitchhikers and yeah. stuff, you know, the... The urban legends, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, don't look, don't look, don't look. And then I always end up looking and I'm like, "Uh, you're a goner, Donna. But no one's there. Well, in her case, it was. Yeah, that's not cool. Like, holy fuck. Mm Mm-mm. Nope. All right. What you got next? All righty. This one is from Jackie. Hey, Jackie. Is that... Seven five two five two seven seven. Oh, yeah, I think so, but that's not how I meant it. Oh, I just said it stupid. Um, okay. She said, "Hey, ladies, this is about the house I live in now. It's a home that was built in 1930, and I love it with all my heart. I've never really felt this way about a house. I loved it from the moment we pulled into the driveway. So the first time we looked at the house, it was me, my husband, and my sister-in-law, Jay, my husband." was looking at something with the realtor, Kay, my sister-in-law, and I decided to walk around the block to check out the neighborhood. As we walked past the next-door house, there was an older woman at the door glaring at us. I mean, daggers. Kay and I were like, damn, the neighbors aren't very friendly. She was very much there. Little, short, gray, curly-haired woman wearing a house dress. My kind of girl. (laughs) I heard a woman talking loudly next door after we moved in and would wonder why we never saw the woman next door. We saw a man. I came home one day and Jay was talking to the man next door. Later, when he came in, he said, no woman lives next door. What? Yeah. The man was very nice, but his wife had died a year before. Oh, she's still there. Mm Mm-hmm. Holy shit. He better not be bringing anyone home. Mm -hmm. Then a follow-up. She said, sorry. Okay, sleep emailing last night with no sign-off or background info. LOL, I'm not right. (laughs) (laughs) So the story is about the house I live in now, and I have more stories about it. I also have one about the house before this one and a friend's house when I was babysitting years ago. Enjoy, Jackie. Send them all, Jackie. All. Cracks me up, though, that she, like, sent an email, forgot to do any sign-off, and was like, oh, yeah, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. That's so something. We, that You know what? That is me, because I'll be like, send an email. Attached, you will find blah, 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 blah. And yes. then don't attach it. Luckily. Um, now it's like, uh... Like, it cues into the word attachment mm-hmm. and is like, did you mean to? And I'm like, oh, fuck, yes. Yes, at work all the time. I'm like, oh, good, yeah. 
But that was that was really good. That's Holy so crap. scary. Like she hears her next door too. Well, like the fact that she and her sister in law mm-hmm. saw her, like, and and enough that it was like, damn, she mean. Yeah. You know? Holy crap. Yeah. Th- that lady's probably like those. Those girls want to be our my husband's sister wives. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because that's that's right where a ghost goes, sister wives. Who knows? But wow. Yeah, that was a good one, Jackie. Yes. I don't know if I could actually sleep in my house. Like, maybe uh, just sage it, let her stay over there. Well, no, you wouldn't even need to sage it, though, because she's next door. She's not in your house. It's still bad juju. Mm-mm. I don't think that would be necessary because she's over there. She's saged that house now. If he died and somebody went to move in, I'd be like, um. Yeah. <laughs> so. Here's I, your casserole and here's some sage. Yes. Just do it. I wonder if that lady died in the house or Ooh. if she died somewhere else and hitched a ride on his shoulder back. <laughs> oh, my God. What if it really wasn't his wife? Like, his wife might have died the year before, but what if it was someone else? And now he thinks it's his wife. But it's not. Okay, so let's write this story. So Jackie goes to visit him. Mm-hmm. You know, take him a casserole. Uh-huh. And she walks in, and she sees a picture okay. of him and his wife. And she's like, either A, oh, my God, that was her. Uh-huh. Or B, <gasps> that wasn't her. Right. Dun, dun, dun. Jackie, go visit and tell us. Right? Yeah, we need a follow-up. <laughs> Just kidding. I wouldn't ask you to do that because I don't want to know my neighbor's. She said he's a nice man. I still don't want to know my neighbor. <laughs> okay. I, you know what our next one is? Our next one is our first true crime. Oh, fuck. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Okay. So this person wants to remain anonymous. Okay, Rose. Okay. All right. Rose says, hey, y'all. So a little background. One of my parents is from a small town in upstate New York. It's literally a one-street light town with a gas station, a hardware store, a diner, and a general store. Wow. I know. Very, sounds picturesque. Mm -hmm. Upstate New York, little town. Yeah. I want to go. Me too. I spent a lot of my summers there as a child, and my family is one of the bigger ones in the area, so there tend to be a lot of people in the town that I'm related to. (laughs) There was one kid who would sometimes be at family get-togethers that scared the living daylights out of me named Eric. He was older than me, but I remembered him being mean and cold. He would pinch or hit you and then giggle about it. Oh, my God. Evil Eric? Mm Mm-hmm. He would talk about hurting... He would talk about... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He would talk about hurting people who were mean to him, and he would be excited. I have a vivid memory of him kicking my aunt's dog one afternoon because she brought him a toy to play with, and he killed a neighbor's cat. What? Oh, hell no. Homie, don't play that. That is always the beginning to, like, a bad, bad, bad story. Uh Uh-huh. She said, I would see him around town when I was staying at my aunt uncle's house. He rode his bike around and just had one of those thousand yard stairs he gave me the creeps big time oh 
One morning, my aunt asked me to walk my younger cousin to his day camp thingy that he was attending. It was about two blocks away from the house, and he had walked by himself before, but for whatever reason, my aunt was insistent that I walk with him that day. On the way, I saw Eric ahead of us. Like I said, he gave me the creeps. I was around eight years old, but I've always listened to my instincts. I crossed the street with my little cousin and took a longer way. I remembered him staring at us as we walked. On my way back to the house, I didn't see him anywhere. Later that day, it was reported that a young boy in town was murdered on his way to the camp. He had left his house but never arrived at camp. Their house was closer to the field than my aunt's was. A few days later, Eric Smith confessed to murdering Derek Roby. Eric was 13 and Derek was 4. And what? Eric was very brutal in the way that he killed him. No. I won't go into detail, but there was sexual assault and mutilation. God bless it. The younger cousin I was walking that day was a playmate of Derek's and the same age. My aunt and my uncle were friends with his parents. So, like, oh, they were gosh. all connected to this poor baby that died. I used to have nightmares about it and have a lot of what-if moments. What if my aunt hadn't insisted I walk my cousin? What if I hadn't crossed the street and walked a different way? Eric was sentenced as an adult and received nine to life. He is eligible for parole every two years and has convinced some people that he is better and able to be a productive member of society, but has yet to receive parole. Nothing will ever convince me that Eric would be a productive member of society. When I heard you guys talking about Ed Kemper, it reminded me so much of Eric. Wow. I truly believe that if he were ever to be set free, he would become a serial killer. Some people are born without a soul. He is one of them. Oh, fuck. Such a good story. Y'all, these stories today are so good. Oh, my gosh. Like, what? I mean... Like, you could almost do, like, a movie montage, not really a montage, but, like, of the mist. Like, yeah. With her. I mean, like, I can't even imagine the what-ifs that she, no. you know. I mean, clearly she just said them, but. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, yeah, that's heavy. Thank you for sharing that with us, Rose. Yeah. And, wow. Just, Wow. And the fact that you were eight years old and so intuitive to know, like, yes. to, to trust your gut to say, something isn't right. This guy freaks me out. I'm going to go a different way. Yeah. That's awesome. This email is in response to episode 18, our prison tangent. Oh, yeah. That was a long tangent. Yeah. Which and I'm pretty sure we even cut some out of. Cut some out of. Yeah. And by we, I mean Will. Yeah. (laughs) Again, give a round of applause for Will. For saving our lives. For real. (laughs) For real, Will. But Okay. Okay. In parentheses, parentheses, mm -hmm, uh, she said, don't worry, I'm not offended, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say how crazy it is that y'all discuss this because we actually just had a huge family disagreement regarding this topic on Sunday. My family is in New Orleans, and I now live in Las Vegas. So this happened via FaceTime, which is even more annoying. (laughs) But at least I can hang up easier than I can walk out. True. We're Southern, so everything is that much more heated because we're all that much closer. And then she said, well, y'all know all too well, and... 
LOL, speaking of tangents, y'all are about to hear one. Oh, yes. So let me explain. In January 2014, my cousin Bowie, who was 21, was shot in the head <gasps> in Terrytown, Louisiana, by a man named Devin Bonilla. Bonilla? Bonilla? I would, I would say Bonilla. Bonilla? What do I know? I mean, you're more in tune with the Cajun. The Cajun. <laughs> yeah, Eugene Boisfontaine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. I'm not going to go on that tangent. So he was shot by Devin Bon... What'd you say? Devin B. <laughs> um, he is 24. <laughs> Apparently, one of Devin's friends didn't like one of my cousin's songs. He was a rapper. Words were exchanged exchanged and my cousin and his friends left where he was and went to another place Devin and his group followed him and when Bowie leaned down to tell one of his friends in another car where to park Devin walked up and shot him (gasps) in front of numerous people walked away and promptly went on the run holy fuck like I said we're a very close family so cousins are siblings for the most part So when I got the call at 2 a.m., I pray people never have to get that call. All chaos commenced. Oh, my God. I cannot even imagine. No. Bowie left behind a wife, a (gasps) four-year-old son, and a two-year-old daughter. Not to mention the rest of us. Eventually, Devin was caught and brought to trial, and the fucker had the gall to smirk at us. What a fucking piece of shit. Ditto. Like... It, uh, not to get like on a crazy tangent, but it takes a strong fucking human being to be able to sit in a courtroom mm-hmm. where one of your family members has been attacked, murdered, raped, anything. Yeah. And to watch someone put on a defense or smirk and all those and not come across that table and yeah hurt them. Like the amount of inner strength and right. willpower and control that it takes to sit in that court. Like, I have no, like, I don't know if I have it. Right. Me either. Well, the next thing she said, want to talk about some rage in one small courtroom? Oh, my, yes. Like. Well, I should just let you read. Sorry. <laughs> it's oh okay. My God. But eventually, he was sentenced and sent to prison. That being said, I totally understand what y'all meant about being on the fence and not knowing how to feel. Basic human rights and all that. Aren't they a bitch? Right? (laughs) So my opinion on the matter is this. Do I care if he has a thin, lumpy mattress, sleeps on the floor, sleeps in mud, and doesn't get good rest? Absolutely fucking not. My cousin doesn't get those options. He lays in a coffin. My uncle and my aunt, my other cousins, his wife, no one gets good rest, so eye for an eye. Do I care if he wears pink or if it hurts his pride? Can I hear a big hell gnaw? <laughs> it's a fucking color. Get over it. I don't care if he puts in, if he's put in leather chaps and a glitter headband. <laughs> <laughs> Bowie will never wear anything other than his funeral suit. He'll never see his son's baseball uniform or his daughter's ballet tutu. So this pile of taint pusses comfort. <laughs> What? I need you to not laugh when you read it so I know what you just said. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
pile of tape? What'd you say? No. <laughs> when you hear this. Okay. <laughs> so this pile of taint pusses comfort <laughs> is not my concern. <laughs> <laughs> his misery is the only relief we get humane treatment is reserved for humans people who hurt others and take their lives without any remorse aren't human so do i care if he's beaten starved raped not even a tiny bit bless his heart because bowie is my blood my family and we're hurt and angry Now, saying that, and what caused me to piss off most of the fam bam, (laughs) no matter how much of a piece of shitty, non-remorseful, hateful monster he is, he is someone's baby. His mom carried him in her body, brought him into the world, raised him, wiped his tears, and gave him popsicles on hot summer days. She loved him enough to help him try to run and hide him. No matter if it was wrong or not, if he were my son, would I do the same thing? If it were Bowie that pulled the trigger and shot Devin, would my aunt try and hide him? Would I? And if he were in prison, would I want him beaten, starved, and raped? Would I want that for my son if it were mine? Short answer is no. So here's what I think. There's no cut and dry answer. It's normal to be confused and not know how to feel or to think about crime and punishment because there is no right answer. As normal humans, we have empathy. We put ourselves in others' positions. We feel what it might be like if things were a little different. So it's okay not to know, to be on the fence, and to change your mind. While some of these waste of spaces walk around looking human, they indeed are not. But because we are, our minds can't comprehend how they are the way they are. We can't even begin to understand their minds or lack thereof because we're people. They are something else. They look at a weeping murder victim's family and laugh. We look at a weeping murderer's family and feel pain for them. So please know, if anyone was triggered by your tangent this morning, tell them tough titty. (laughs) (laughs) Carrie doesn't like that word. I mean, cut that word. (laughs) You get to feel whatever you want to feel about it and not understand which side you're on because there's lots of sides with lots of trap doors. And please make note that I'm purely speaking in a violent offender's case rapists, pedophiles, murderers, etc. I am in no way saying that someone who robbed a corner store for beer and a stick of gum should be treated the same way. Anywho, that's my little thought on the matter. I love listening to both of you. I, honest to God, feel like I'm hanging out with my friends and bullshitting when I listen to y'all. Keep up the good work, beautifuls. Lots of huggles. XOXO, Jess. Oh my God. First of all, that was so well written. Yes, like, I could just feel the, I don't know. The emotion. Yes. On on both sides, too. Yeah. And also, I feel like what an amazing human being to be able to be like, no, I'm angry and he's a piece of shit. But on the other hand, his poor mama, his poor family. Yeah. You know? And we've talked about this, that show Evil Lives Here that I, on ID that I feel like does such a good job of highlighting the fact that these murderers... Their families are victims, too. Yes. And that 
their lives, you know, again, sometimes because they are actually the victims as well. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, their whole life is turned upside down just as much. Definitely. And, And people assume that... They are the bad guys, too. Yeah, they villainize them mm-hmm. by association. And I don't know. So, I, again, I just feel so sorry for the families of everybody. And Yeah. Everyone loses someone. Yes. Some in other, like, worse ways than others. Because but it's still a loss. Also, we are so sorry for your loss. Yes. That is heartbreaking. And thank you for sharing that with us. Yes. And everyone else that, I mean, I think it just provides a great perspective onto the kind of the duality of everything we talk about. You know, like she said, nothing's cut and dry. There's, you know, 18 different ways to look at it. And I like how she said, and every single one of them have a trap door. Yes. Because it's true. You can, it's, it's never solely correct. Yeah. And if you feel that way, you're probably on... You're like the extreme. Yeah. Well, and you're in the wrong. Like you're probably the the like the murderer or whatever, you know, because they are so or finite or whatever, you know, like or you have been through one of these tragedies and you're still in the place where I, I mean, this is me speaking as someone who's never been through something like this, but you're still in that place of such hurt that yeah. you can't see the other side yet. Yeah, you're and you will by it. And you will get there. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, I don't know. Some people might never get there. Like, um, And that's okay, that, I feel like. It is. It is. But in the case of In the Dark, the, the younger guy who was killed, his dad is on the first episode talking about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, Curtis killed him. Yeah. Like, and everything that could be explained, it's like, no, Curtis killed him. That's true. And, like, that was it. You know, he was dead set on that. You know, I don't know if he will ever, you know, like, listen to the podcast or anything like that. Not ours in the dark. <laughs> but I don't know. I would like to assume that, but I don't know. I, don't, I Yeah. I think that some people are better equipped to handle tragedies like that than others. Also, it makes me feel better that someone who has experienced that is not, like, on my side because we are both on the, like, we both agree with that Mm -hmm. being definitely gray. Mm -hmm. How do we do this? I don't understand it because we're, one, not in law enforcement in any way because we can never do it, you know? But it's just good to know that, okay, like you said, someone who's experienced it and they're still like this. And I mean, and I know that this one person it doesn't speak for everyone who listens, but it makes me feel better that we didn't hurt anybody's feelings, too. Yeah, because y'all are our people, our people for sure. We are you. You are us. We are family. Like the song. Uh-huh. We're not going to sing. We're not going to sing it because, you know, copyright shit. <laughs> Even though by the time I sing it, they'd be like, nah, that's not the same song. I've never heard of that song. <laughs> we appreciate how much y'all share with us and tell us personal things. And we will always keep the anonymity. If you 
want us to, you know, so just like we've done with Rose and Blanche, like we will never say your names if you don't want us to. Yeah. Um, And because we know that y'all are sharing some very sensitive Definitely. topics, especially when it comes to like the true crime aspect and all of that. But I mean, any of it. So thank you so much for opening your lives up and your thoughts and your feelings to us in this way. Definitely. Because it helped. I mean, I feel like we have grown and learned so much through this podcast and it's been, oh, for sure. you know, a few months like, it's, you know, and it's yeah. like, I cannot wait to see where this goes mm-hmm. with this amazing community. I feel like I say that every episode. But it's so true. Every week there's something that I'm like, oh my God, I'm so happy that we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And especially as it's, it's growing and it's, we, it's like we still have our OGs that are everybody's everybody is so engaged. And yes. that is my favorite. Yeah. Like we're all friends. It's not that they're there for us. No, absolutely not. God. They're there for everyone. Yeah. Like we really do enjoy talking to each other, posting stuff, whatever. So we welcome you all to join our Creepster Coven. Yes. On the Book of Faces. Yes. So we want to hear more of these stories. Keep sending them to us. Yes. Aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. Or you can just go to our website, aparanormalchicks.com, and send us at the bottom. It's like contact us or something. And you can send the story that way, too. We've gotten a few like that. So Yes. And again, in the email, if you want... To be kept, I can't say that word. What is it? Not anonymous, but the anonymity. Yeah, I mean it's anonymous. Yes. Okay. Sorry. She churches it up. Well, and and I'm here. I know you're smart. You're educated. Stop that. That's not even what I was saying. <laughs> I know how you were saying it. Anonymous worked. Oh, okay. But yeah, just let us know because, I mean, Carrie's all like intuitive and stuff, but she doesn't know like. You she just did fingers that. like scissors at my face. <laughs> I don't know crab claws. I don't know scissors. I don't know dancing lady legs. I don't know. Oh my god, that does kind of look like them. <laughs> okay. Apparently she does. But um she can't read your mind. So and I definitely can't. Apparently I can't read your emails either. Well, hey, look. I never claimed to be good at reading out loud, so <laughs> I read my shit before and still fucked it up. So here we are. I listened back to the second Sinister Sightings, and I was like, and I, then they, I was like, Jesus Christ, Carrie, read it ahead of time. Oh, God. <laughs> it was painful to listen to how shitty I read those. But people liked them. People understood. Okay. Thank y'all for listening. Thank you for sending us your stories. Thank you for being amazing. And remember... Creep it real and don't don't get scared. scared.